want to know how to create interiors and images that take your brand and business to the next level and stop people scrolling in their tracks and actually like, follow, and even better, reach out to you to buy your product or service. I'm going to show you exactly how the step-by-step process, because if you can't captivate people with your imagery, you're really going to struggle to get your business off the ground. You will stay stuck and feeling like you're not making any progress. I want you to know that this is not just about taking good photos, although we'll cover that. It's about creating images at the next level using the art and science of styling, because this is how you create an emotional connection. This is how you arrange what you've got in an artful way to elevate your spaces. And this is how you create interiors that are so compelling that they move people into action to connect and convert with you and your product or service. So the big question, of course, is how I am going to share you with you my exact step by step process to style any interior with clarity and confidence so that you can take your spaces to the next level and create an impact with your imagery. Because this is how you stand out in a crowded marketplace. This is how you make compelling images using your existing client work, your products, or your place if you have an Airbnb. And this is really how you finally start to grow your business. If you don't have this key foundational element in your business, you're really going to struggle to make progress and have the type of growth that you want. So come join me in a free live class, The Confidence Stylist, and I'll share with you my three-step system to creating inspiring interiors and irresistible imagery with clarity and confidence. Register now at nataliewalton.com forward slash confidence. That's nataliewalton.com forward slash confident. Procrastination can sometimes make you feel like you're being productive, but often you can be busy doing the wrong type of work. It can look like something else in disguise, such as fear of failure, lack of motivation, or maybe you're seeking out instant gratification. So it's funny, procrastination shows up in many different ways. So just be aware of what that is for you. Identify your triggers and it can be helpful to break down tasks into smaller steps. Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author focused on an holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. Hello everyone and welcome to Imprint. I'm looking forward to talking about today's topic, which is all about why you don't need more time. Recently, I did a survey and one of the biggest obstacles and barriers for people pursuing their dreams, the things that they actually would really love to do in their life was time. But today I would like to offer you that you don't need more time 
You just need to make your time count. There is a huge myth around having enough time to do something. After all, time is a finite resource, but what we actually need to do is be intentional about how we spend our time and make important mindset shifts about time too. So today I'm going to be sharing with you five ideas why you don't actually need more time. You can get a little bit more clever about making your time count instead. So if you have got, you know, a dream on your heart, if you've got a creative business that you want to pursue, if you're struggling to make your current business grow or get to that level where it would actually start to make a difference to your finances and your income, I really want you to listen to this episode because so often it's not about, you know, having more time or even necessarily having more money. It's really about what we do with that. It's about being strategic. It's about being smart. It's about working smarter, not harder and spending your time smarter and not necessarily, you know, just spending more time on something. So the first step in this process is to really identify time wasters. You really need to pay attention to how you are spending your time right now. and. I've shared this before, but I actually go through an exercise every now and then a few times a year where I journal and create a log of how I spend my time to get clarity on where am I spending my time? It can be feel like it's so easy for the day to slip by, or maybe if you're working out of hours on a side hustle or a side project, you know, to make that time really the most effective that you can be. You need to be really clear about how you're spending it. So what I do is I actually just get a Google sheet and literally just log the time in increments. So when I start a task, I put a timestamp on it and I've got another column where I've got a subject of, you know, how am I spending that time? And then when I finish that task, I then, um, you know, obviously end that timestamp And then I even add things like, you know, going to the bathroom, making myself a cup of tea, having lunch and, you know, how long it takes me to post on social media, how long it takes me to respond to emails. And even just the act of going through this process, it's funny how you suddenly start policing yourself and you think, oh, no, no, like I'm not going to just pick up my phone now. Like I'm just going to keep working or I'm not going to get distracted and check out the stats on whatever it is. I can kind of sometimes that can be an easy distraction for me. I'm like, oh, no, but I'm just checking on the stats for whatever it is. And um, that is a very easy distraction for me. So you really need to be careful about how you're flitting when you're doing something and you're not actually engaging in deep work. Another way you can do this is, and I've shared this before, but you know, we all need this reminder, including myself, is to look at your phone, look at how much time you are spending on your phone, look at how much time you are spending on the various apps on your phone, look at how many times you are picking up your phone every single day. Every single time you task switch, they say it takes about 20 minutes to regain focus. Just reflect on that for a moment, 20 minutes to regain focus. 
Do you think if you are task switching a few times a day or many times a day, how you're actually not working as efficiently and effectively as what you could be? Another time waster can be, and these ones, um, these actually don't apply to me. And so sometimes I have to catch myself and think about, you know, people I know who have got goals or they say they've got goals and they're actually not really kind of pursuing them. Like what are they actually doing with their time? And these are, I know, some ways that can be very easy ways to slip into the, you know, spending time doing them. One is binging on the likes of Netflix. And what I find is there have been a few times where I've kind of binged a little bit on Netflix. I I don't do it often because to be honest, there's not actually that many shows that I like, but, um, my husband and I did get into watching the white Lotus a little while ago. And so we did watch that. And what I tend to find is because I am, I can get very addicted to things like that. And particularly if I'm really enjoying it, like I remember way back when, you know, with the Sopranos and the Mad Men, like they're some of the shows where I have actually really gone addicted to them. And, um, and I just rip, I'm like one more, we'll just watch one more, you know, and it's kind of fun. Like my husband and I will go, okay, all right. You know, he's got more self-control, self-restraint and self-control than I do when it comes to things like that. Whereas I tend to be like, let's just watch one more. And cause in the moment, I just really, I just want that kind of, you know, that instant gratification. And what I find is that when I have times of that, I actually feel not great the next day. I end up going to bed later. I don't get as bad, you know, as good quality sleep. So I feel more tired. It really isn't the best way for me to be spending my time. And so I just, I think it's really important to be aware of how much time you spend on that and not just, you know, cause you might think, well, this is the evening, you know, this is my downtime. This is how I chill out. But Notice the knock-on effect of things like that. If you are staying up late, then how does that impact you the next day? I know for me, if I'm tired the next day, I'm not as clear-headed, I'm not as focused, I'm more likely to get distracted, I'm more likely to grab for, you know, things that are not good for me in terms of food, you know, I don't eat my best, I'm less likely to kind of want to exercise, it just has such a huge knock on effect. I also get, you know, a bit more irritable with other people in my family. It's just, I, that's why I tend to avoid it. Um, obviously spending for you, it might be spending long hours just talking on the phone. I am not a talker on the phone. I, um, I've had people tease me about this because I really actually don't like talking on the phone. And, um, <clears throat> Whereas I've got some friends and they love a chat on the phone. Like I think that every single phone conversation they have is at least 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half. Whereas I am not like that at all. I'm kind of to the point, you know, I'm happy to have a quick little chat. I actually love catching up with people in person. I just don't like talking on the phone. So maybe that's it for you, you know, and maybe just be conscious of that that is it just a habit like are you getting true value out of that you know is that something maybe to save up for once a week rather than like three or four people every day i mean you know they go three or four hours um really just be conscious of that is maybe what it is for you or always catching up um for coffee with friends again i'm not saying that you don't ever not catch up for coffee with friends or, or whatever it is you know a wine or whatever but Again, it comes down to your priorities. What is most important to you? 
And for me, in certain seasons where, you know, I really am trying to grow my business, I really make sure that when the children are at school, that is it. I've got my head down and I'm just really working as effectively as I can because come the weekend, I don't want to be touching my computer. Come the evening, I don't want to be touching my computer either. And I really want to minimize the amount of time I'm working on school holidays as well. So it's going to be different for you, but just really identify time wasters for you. The second step is to implement time management techniques. I'm going to share three with you and the one that works best for me. I I mean, to some extent, I kind of have a combination of all three. So the first one that um, many people use is called the Pomodoro technique. You might have heard of that before. And basically it is working in 25 minute intervals and you set a timer and you focus for that period of time. I have in the past um, used an app and I think it's called, oh, it's just, it's something called like, you're not focused and you plant a tree. Anyway, if I can remember, I'll put the link in the show note, but it's an app where basically you set a time and during that time you grow a tree. And if you pick up your phone during that time, then the tree dies and they donate money to like growing trees or something along those lines. And, um, it's funny because when you see it's kind of gamifies the process. And so you really don't want to pick up your phone because you know that the tree is going to die. So that's kind of one version of it. Um, there is also something called the Eisenhower matrix. I came across this idea when I was researching my book, this is home and it is in the book on the seven habits of highly effective people. And basically it um, was popularized by the U S president Dwight Eisenhower. And basically it's a matrix that consists of four quadrants, each representing a different category of tasks. So in quadrant one is the urgent and important. So you really want to do these first. So these are tasks that are both urgent and important, require your immediate attention and should be done as soon as possible. So this is, you know, when you've got those really critical work deadlines, I know for me, you know, if I'm about to do a, um, a class with my students in the styling masterclass or, um, you know, obviously if you've got a client presentation, in that time leading up to that, like you're just focused on getting that work done. So that is really the urgent and important. So you do that first. The second quadrant is not urgent, but important. And so these are tasks that you really want to schedule and they really contribute to your longer term goals and require proactive planning. So this is really where you're thinking, um, you know, it's, it's not like pressing right now, but you know that it's important. So this might look like for you um, and for me, you know, setting aside time to plan for this upcoming year for 2024. You might think I really want to spend a morning or a day where I'm really focused on planning what 2024 is going to look like, what my annual planning is going to look like. This is something that I do every year and also every quarter. So that is, it's not urgent, but you need to put it in your diary to make it happen. The third quadrant is urgent, but not important. And so this is really, you want to think about, um, these are tasks that can sometimes be delegated to others if possible. So they might be 
routine administrative tasks. So like responding to emails. Can you get somebody else to help respond to emails, for instance, within your business? You could have a virtual assistant. Maybe you've got an in-house assistant or somebody on your team. Obviously, you need to respond to emails if you've got a business. However, it doesn't necessarily need to be done by you. And um, <clears throat> they could also be meetings or you know other things that might fall into this category. And the fourth quadrant is not urgent and not important. So you really want to look at, you know, um, deleting these or eliminating these. So these are basically, you know, time wasters, distractions, and you really want to minimize or eliminate these. So this can look like the amount of time you spend on social media. It can look like, you know, spending too much time checking your email or Sometimes um, it can look like if you've got processes and systems, kind of making them so perfect that like, is this the most effective use of our time? Everything needs to have a, an ROI, a return on investment. So you want to make sure that everything is as productive as possible. An example for, of this within our business is we're playing around at the moment with, can we be more effective and efficient with our systems and processes. We've got a task management program called Asana that we use, and it can be really great for some things, but because we're such a small team, sometimes it feels like we can spend too much time in there planning and ticking off the checklist and creating the checklist and all of those things. Is there a simpler way that we can do that? So just for example, with my podcast, we have taken that out of Asana and we have moved it into a Google Doc that we tag, we put links in there. And I just find it so much easier that if I change the order of any of the episodes, it's just a lot quicker and easier to change than within um, Asana because there are so many different like filters and all of these other things. Now, I can completely see that if you've got a bigger business and more hands involved, that yes, there is definitely a place for having that. But if you've got a smaller team and you're really trying to be effective and efficient, then um, maybe looking at ways that you can really simplify. And the third idea in terms of implementing time man management techniques is time blocking. This is one of my favorite ways to really be productive. And for me, I really prioritize my most important tasks early in the morning. That is when I've got the clearest head. I try and move all of my meetings, if I can, to the afternoons. I just, I find that really slows me down and I start to get really frustrated. And then after lunch, I'm feeling more tired and I'm really pushing up against that. Well, the kids are going to be home from school soon. And um, so I don't want to be, you know, pushing up against that deadline. I want to be trying to get the work done early in the morning. And so typically I try and block, you know, about two hours in those morning sessions. And I find that really effective for me. So that could be something that you look at. And, you know, if, for instance, you know, you've got um, a side project, or something that you're trying to work on, you know, maybe for you, it's sort of trying to go to bed a bit earlier and get up earlier and, and do it then. I mean, as it is, like I get up at 5.30 most mornings, you know, if it wasn't for the kids and all, and I actually like to do my, I've got a whole morning routine. So I like to do my morning walk, my yoga, my meditation, my journaling, all of those things. So I get up early to do those things, but maybe for you, you know, it's using that time to work on your project or, 
Um, and then, you know, if you want to do exercise doing that in the evening, whatever it is for you, like find out what works best for you. The third idea that I wanted to share with you is to delegate and outsource. So really ask yourself, you know, how can I get help? And this is going to look different for you in different seasons of your life. So maybe it's getting someone to help with the house or maybe it's getting someone to help with your garden or your lawn care. Maybe it's getting a babysitter for two hours in the morning so you can focus on doing some work projects then. I've got a friend who, um, you know, baby, um, so childcare centers can be really expensive in Australia. It can get really hard to get into. And maybe if you've got really young children, you might not want them to yet go to a childcare center, but can you get a babysitter for a few hours in the morning so that you can be really productive and any of you who um, are mothers and have had children, you know how incredibly productive you can be while that child is asleep. You know, when you've got kind of like that newborn baby and they're sleeping for two hours, it's like, okay, I've got two hours where I'm not going to have to be holding them. And I'm just going to like, whatever it is for you, clean the house, do the projects, do the this, da, 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 da. like I used to, cause I, when I was on maternity leave, I was actually doing freelance writing for the magazine um, as a way to earn extra money because I was on a very low income. And, um, and so I would literally write the freelance articles while the baby was sleeping. So, um, and it was the perfect amount of time and I wasn't procrastinating. I wasn't getting distracted. It was like the baby is asleep as soon as, you know, the baby's gone down. Okay. Now's the time to write. And so that's when I would do it. And it's just amazing that when you have got that, you know, that you've got a very, very clear deadline, just how focused you can be. I know when I've worked on my books, just how incredibly focused I can be when I know that like, I've got to get this manuscript to the publisher on Monday and I just can't be messing around. So, um, you know, it can look different for you in different seasons of your life. You know, maybe it's that you need to um, set aside time on the weekend or on a Saturday um, maybe your partner can look after the kids on a Saturday and you can focus on a project again, like, you know, if you could do that and you could get eight hours worth of work and if you know, you've got to really make the most of that time, it's amazing how much you can get done. Of course, you can look at things like getting a virtual assistant. There's, you know, sites such as Fiverr and Upwork where you can get a virtual assistant to, you know, sometimes it could just be a couple of hours a week and maybe they can help you in some, some capacity, um, you know, doing whatever task it is for you, you know, email management, whatever, just create a list of the things that you really don't need to be working on, you know, based on that Eisenhower matrix and um, you will find that really effective as well. So, <clears throat> excuse me, so the step number four is to really beware procrastination. It can be the thief of your dreams. Procrastination can sometimes make you feel like you're being productive, but often you can be busy doing the wrong type of work. So what is procrastination? It's really delaying tasks or actions despite knowing their importance. So it can look like you're doing <laughs> effectively, you know, it can look like um, something else in disguise, such as fear of failure lack of motivation, or maybe you're seeking out instant gratification. So it's funny, procrastination shows up in many different ways. So just be aware of what that is for you, identify your triggers, and it can be helpful to break down tasks into smaller steps. If you're starting to feel overwhelmed 
by what you need to do, then break it down into smaller steps. I always find that really helpful. And get clear on your deadlines and goals. As I mentioned, when I'm working on my books, when I'm working on presentations, you know, I've got that very clear deadline and it's just, it really moves me into action. If, you know, like on a date like today, it's like, I've got very limited time because the kids are on school holiday. My husband's taking them out. So I am so focused on, you know, getting these podcasts recorded for you um, so that it's done. You know, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm just so in the zone right now. Um, And, you know, I try and do that as much as possible with different areas of my business as well. Step number five is to create a productive work environment. This can look like making sure you've got a clear desk. It can look like going to another room or space in your home where you feel like you can really focus in that space. At the moment, um, I actually really enjoy coming to the studio, which is where I am right now. It is away, physically away from the house so that um, I don't have to listen to the children. I find that really distracting sometimes and they're more likely to come in and talk to me and all of those kind of things versus, um, you know, if I'm physically in a separate environment, I find I can work much more productively. When we didn't have this extra space, I actually used to go to the library to work. I've spent many, many hours, like many of my books have been written in libraries because it's just that quiet environment to be able to work without interruptions. And it also kind of like that when you're working in a library, it's not as easy to get up and just make a cup of tea or go to the toilet every 10 minutes. You know what I mean? So you've got like fewer distractions in that sense. Um, so that can be something you could consider. My husband and I, when we're both working from home, we actually work in different rooms. So if he is working in the office, I will work at the kitchen table. This is when the kids are at school and, um, or one of us might go and work in the studio while the other person works at the kitchen table. So we kind of mix it up depending on, I don't know, whatever is going on at the time. I mean, obviously, if I'm recording a podcast, which I often do in the studio, then he might be working at the kitchen table. So we actually prefer to have that physical space from each other because we both work from home. And so we can both really focus on what we're doing and not kind of getting distracted by the other person. And of course, this is something that I do often, which is to put my phone in another room or at the very least, on do not disturb. I often put my laptop on do not disturb or my phone on do not disturb when I'm working. And when I know I really need to get deep work done, then I put my, um, I put my phone, like if I'm working, say for instance, at the kitchen table, I will actually go and put it in the underwear drawer in my bedroom. Like it's kind of like the other end of the house. And it's one of those things that it's like, I really have to think, do I really want to go and get this phone? Because like, you know, I know that I'm kind of kidding myself if I don't realize I'm grabbing it for the wrong reasons. If I put it somewhere like that, or I put it, um, sometimes when I'm in the studio, I will put it in the bathroom cupboard here. You know, I just will put it in another area of the home so that I'm not picking it up reflexively and it's not creating that kind of distraction. Um, so let's just quickly go over some of these ideas in terms of Um, why you might not need more time, but instead just to make your time count. So first of all, step one is to identify the time wasters 
really pay attention to how you are spending your time, log that time and set yourself up for success so that you're not getting distracted. Number two is to implement time management techniques. So you can use um, the Pomodoro technique, time blocking or the Eisenhower matrix. Step three is to delegate and outsource where you can. Really think about how can you get help wherever you are and whichever season you're in. Step four is to beware procrastination. It can really show up in different ways, such as fear of failure, lack of motivation, or like you're just seeking out instant gratification. So identify your triggers, break tasks into smaller steps, and really set yourself clear deadlines and goals. And step five is to create a productive work environment. So clear, make sure you've got a clear desk or go to another room or space where you don't have any distractions and you feel like you've kind of got that clarity and put your phone in another room as well. That's something that I often do. So for those of you who do have on your heart that you want to create a, um, you know, have a creative business or you want to reimagine what that business can look like and really make it the success that you want it to be. I just want to remind you that I have created a free course that I will be teaching very soon on how to design and grow your dream creative business. And there will be um, four classes. You will need to register and there will be a workbook as well in relation to these classes. When you register, you can get hold of that. And it's really so that you can make 2024 your best year yet. And when you um, <clears throat> when you show up live to the first class, you will also get my annual planner, which is the resource that I use all the time in terms of planning my time. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you as well. So if you would like to get more details, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash free course. And honestly, like, I could quite easily um, share this like, or charge um, at least $1,000, if not $2,000 for this course. I mean, it's going to be a creative business course and really sharing the biggest lessons that I've learned. But it's going to be, and look, I very well might charge for this course in future, um, but I really want to get feedback from you on what you found valuable about it love to, you know, if you do find it valuable, would love to get testimonials from you. And, um, you know, I'm going to make it the best that it can be. So I really look forward to you, uh, sharing it with you. If this is something that you are really interested in and really excited to share that with you. So again, you can go to nataliewalton.com forward slash free course. And thank you so much for joining me today. Of course, as always, if you have enjoyed it, please leave a review or a five-star rating or share it with someone who you have heard say to you recently, I just don't have time. I'm really struggling with my time right now. Um, you know, I've shared with you five really practical strategies that you can put into play straight away. And these are things that I do in my own home and life. So I hope you found it valuable and um, look forward to connecting again with you very soon. All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode. 
And I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint.